0: There's a new podcast app that delivers chilling true crime stories straight to your mobile device
1: every day. They release a new episode that investigates the gruesome true acts of America's worst serial killers, and you can explore into the minds of psychopaths and murderers. To get started, find and download Murder Minute from the App Store or visit MurderMinute.com. That's M-U-R-D-E-R-M-I-N-U-T-E.com to get your daily dose of true crime creepiness delivered straight to your mobile device. (laughs) It's a good show! Howdy, folks. Welcome to We'll See You in Hell, your favorite podcast to hear reviews and information about horror, sci-fi, and fantasy films, sometimes action, let's be honest,ly honest here, and then also, let's be honest, sometimes movies starring John Travolta. That's right. Uh, it all fits in as far as we're concerned. Uh, and that's what she said. Oh, boy. Oh! <laughs> Hello, everyone. Hello, Joe.
0: All right, Pat. I'm 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 good. Been been ranting since I came in, as has has Joe. Um, sometimes we rant about things we can't talk about on the show.
1: It's what our relationship has been boiled down to. I I feel now, Pat walks in here from work, <laughs> rants to me about his day. No dinner on the table. We we do our business. Yeah. Which if the, if in married terms, this podcast is our sex time. Sure. And then he leaves, and then he's gone again. He goes, he leaves right out the door. I got shit to do. I, I, I said I feel like I'm living with a ghost anymore. It's true. I, uh, Joe listens to
0: me rant until I stop talking. I listen to Joe rant until he stops talking. We record the podcast and we go our separate ways. And and Journey we're style. we're
1: ranting from different worlds. That's right. Yours is, is very business related. Mine's very. Personal related. You know, I'm around this place all day alone. You think this isn't a job for me? (laughs) That kind of stuff. And meanwhile, I'm out doing a bunch of penthouse deals. (laughs) Handshakes. You mean for the magazine penthouse? Yes, that's right. You're selling
0: subscriptions door to door. Some selling, some posing. (laughs) Uh, Before we start here, folks, I'd love, if I may, to get on with the show. And in doing so, on... With the, don't change for you, don't change a thing for me. What song is that? It's called Don't Change by NXS, and I heard it in the car. It's the best NXS song. Wow, let's uh, not
1: get carried away. It's the
0: best NXS song. Early, early in their career, I believe. It's on an album called, like, Hoochie Boochie or something. <laughs> but, uh, it's, it's a great song. It's better than
1: What You Need. Yes. What you need is is... Wait, what's What You Need? You mean, I need you tonight? No, that's I need you tonight. What you need is... Oh, it's sure. It's what you need. Get yeah,
0: that's a great song.
1: That's an amazing song. I also like... Mystify, Mystify me. Mystify is a good song. Uh I also like Suicide Blonde. Suicide... I also like... uh I get... why well, That's a hard... I get that
0: mixed up with the Talking Heads song. It's like, nothing gonna come between us. <laughs> uh yeah. I like NXT. I like
1: the slow one.
0: Uh, yeah, I was trying to. Oh, never tear us apart. That's never tear us
1: apart. Gown, Just a gown, scorching gown. saxophone solo in the middle Ain't never heard that much sax outside of a Bruce Lee, a Bruce Springsteen song in my life, or a Bruce Lee song. Really. <laughs> and, uh,
0: I watched a, uh, a behind the music on it, and I learned that it, it was actually not a sack. Somebody was slowly stepping on and then releasing the pressure from a goose.
1: <laughs> so it's oh just a boy. goose going, Wah! and then kind of leaned back on it. And you criticized my, what joke am I at the live show did you criticize about an animal? It was way worse than this joke. I'm looking at a picture of some sort of
0: aquatic bird is what popped that into my head.
1: That's a swan. Swan. Uh, that's the cover of Faith No More's Angel Dust. Yeah, which is arguably their best album. Okay, I got the vinyl out the other night. I actually was playing it on Halloween, getting geared up. It's a dark album. I was getting geared up for the for a night on the town. What? Where, where did you go on All Hallows' Eve? Uh, I met up with my friend Julie McCullough. Our friend Julie McCullough. He's an acquaintance. He's my friend. Sure, and uh, he's an old friend. I've known him for Christ. 13 years or something. Uh, and his lovely, lovely fiance, Meg. And um, so they're sh- engaged. Maybe we cool it with the double lovelies. <laughs> in a probe. <laughs> uh, what do you say we make a comedy movie? We bring back uh, Ricky. Who's the guy that plays Haggard in a. Hagrid? Yeah, Hagrid in a. Uh, Robbie Coltrane. Robbie Coltrane. Yeah. We get Robbie Coltrane back in a Pope role.
0: Okay. And, from the Pope Must
1: Diet. Yeah. And we call it Inappropriate. And it's about <sighs> a, 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 a you know, sort of a low-class sort of gambler guy that that has to pose as the Pope for a while. And it's not a sequel to the Pope Must
0: Diet? No, it's just it's just I, in the sequel. I same... feel like investors might not... Be intrigued by a sequel to that. It's film. a spiritual sequel. Okay, sure.
1: It's the same universe, but maybe not the same characters.
0: Like how the Good Son was a spiritual sequel to Home Alone.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. You see what I mean? Uh, anyway, we went out. Meg does. Uh, Meg's a wonderful artist, and uh, she did our makeup. And she did Julian and her up like zombies, and it was mm-hmm. tremendous. And then I had to wear my glasses. I was like, Meg, I can't do a zombie because I got to wear glasses all night. And she said, well, what if I just put a bullet hole in your head? And she did. And it looked really cool. Okay. And then we went out uh, drinking and makeup. And we had a a blast. I had a wonderful time with those two. They're very lovely people. Where did you go? Well, we went to a little place called The Roost. Okay. Uh, Big surprise. I could have guessed. And then we trotted on down to another place called The Bigfoot Lodge. Sure, sure. Uh, It was the usual. We were about to go downtown to a bar called I think it's called like Little Easy or something. It's like it's like a New Orleans style bar. Uh-huh. But run by little people. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh and uh and they're all real easy. You can right. have sex with any one of oh, wow. them at the drop of a hat. That's nice. Uh the uh it's a New Orleans style bar. And Julian had mentioned, like, we should go there. And I was like, okay, but it's downtown. And my the, the whole Uber ride to his house, I was like, oh, that's going to be a fucking shit show down there. But I was like, you know what? I'm not going to be that guy. I'm not going to show up and be like, you know, guys, do you really want to go now? You know, right. I was like, just go with the flow. So I showed up. And at, in, at, in the 11th hour, as we were about to call an Uber, Julian was like, do you think we should just go to the roost? That's always and the then better Meg, option. Yeah, Meg was like, Oh, yeah. I to- And I was like, guys, thank God you said that? <laughs> yeah. This whole time I've been dreading. that. That's going to be a shit show down there tonight. A Halloween at a New Orleans-style bar, downtown L.A. Forget not, it. Not only do I not do that stuff anymore, nobody asked me to do it. I feel like everyone
0: is just kind of staying in their home or going to a place nearby.
1: Well, I texted you... Uh, to, and said, are you going to be yes. out at any point tonight? You said you were working, but that's where I, I was.
0: I had a great Halloween. I worked till about eight forty five. I came home. I made a bowl of grapes and then I fell asleep at the kitchen table. Wow. <laughs> Did you get any trick or treaters? <laughs> Not a one. But it was eight forty five. But they don't they don't come up. It's all hills in my neighborhood. Right. They don't come up.
1: And there. you're the house they stay away from. They say they say old man Walsh lives up there. Sure. <laughs> um <laughs>
0: Right. And, you know, rumor has it, I slipped a couple of razor blades into an apple <laughs> or two a few years back.
1: Rumor has it, he was once married to the devil. That's what the neighborhood kids yeah. say. Uh, well, there's, there's some truth to that. <laughs> a shout out to my lovely wife. Uh, yeah, anyway. Oh, she's fine. She's great. She's wonderful. I love her.
0: She's, out to, she's going out of town every weekend. I feel like, I feel like I'm,
1: I'm a single man. It'd be nice if you hung out with me once. I'm here. You know? Not for work. You're married to your goddamn job. Well, and speaking of which, yes. I almost forgot to bring this up. All right. And I told you privately that I was going to say something about this guy publicly on the podcast, and I wasn't kidding. Okay. Uh, one of these one of the fans on the Facebook page. Oh, yeah. What's his name? Bob Moskovitz? I think Ed Moskovitz. Or Ed Moskowitz. Yeah. I don't ever do this. I don't ever go after one person personally. I'm doing it. This fucking guy writes that we're lazy and entitled yeah. to have a Patreon up for this podcast because all it consists of is us getting together and just talking. Oh yeah, Ed, is it that easy? Is that all it is, Ed? <laughs> you just get you just get together and talk into a microphone aimlessly for an hour and, and somehow it's just magically entertaining? Is it that easy, Ed? Does it have nothing to do with the fact that both of us have worked for the last 15 fucking years to raise our profiles high enough to a point where we can even dare ask for a Patreon contribution to something like this? Does it have anything to do with the fact that we put this thing out for three years for fucking free? And never made a dime and never once complained.
0: By the way, still put it out for free. Yeah, you we're, still get... We're asking for a bonus
1: episode if you want it. Yeah, and if you don't contribute, you still get four free episodes every month. And you're going to fucking complain that we have the nerve to put... To, 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 to try to make some cash. What do you think we're raking in on this thing, dude? What do you think we're making? Okay? All right. it's, I'm a blue-collar guy. I, I carry debt. I live paycheck to paycheck. I pay rent. I don't have a car. What the fuck do you think we're making off of this thing? Unbelievable, man. Like, so, so I, I'm just going to say this flat out because I've seen a couple of these people pop up uh, via, via w- through the grapevine because I'm not on Facebook, but it gets back to me, people. <laughs> I don't know if you think I don't listen, but I got ears in the streets. So I hear about these things. This was the one that uh, I was most peeved about. If you feel this way, then don't listen to the fucking show. It's that easy. We got a million, not a million. If it was a million, Ed might have a point. Uh, But we've got a bunch of great fans out there that we cherish, that are wonderful, supportive people. We don't ask for anything out of line with them. They don't ask for anything out of line with us. It's a very, very even exchange here. We enjoy doing the show for those people. And anybody else that wants to sit around and fucking bitch because of, of, of a $10 fucking contribution that we're saying is, is... We're not even asking you for it. We're saying if you Optional. feel like doing it, great. And if you don't, fine. Just beat it, man. Just fucking beat it. And we have not forgotten about having to make up for the two missed months. Because I I also saw a couple people griping about that. Guys, can you give us a chance? We're not sitting around all day just doing this podcast. We do other things. I travel a lot for work. Pat works a lot at at, at his show. It's, It's hard, okay? We are doing our best. And this is not aimed at the entire audience. This is aimed at like five fucking people that are so entitled in this day and age of the internet where they think everything should be free without cost or hassle at all and delivered to them with a nice little fucking bow on it Call, exactly when and where they want it. I calling mean calling us
0: entitled is a, is an interesting thing for somebody who's posting that to to Facebook. Yeah. Because uh he was also like it's just two guys talking to each other. Well, Sure, but I feel like people really enjoy listening to us talk or we wouldn't have people coming to our shows and et cetera. But if it is that easy, I, I certainly recommend you put together the Ed Moskowitz hour. And uh you know, you can charge your two
1: listeners five bucks and make yourself ten dollars yeah. and go buy a fucking life. Yeah, Ed. Why don't, you, why don't you talk to a buddy and do a tape recorder for an hour? Let's see how entertaining it is. As if, as if 16 years on the fucking road have nothing to do with the fact that I may be able to talk into a microphone for a while and keep it entertaining. You know the amount of goddamn free radio I've done in my life before I ever even touched a podcast microphone? It's, I'm, I'm so fucking appalled by that stance. Unbelievable, man. Anyway, we love the rest of you. I got it right here. i mean i I took a photo of it i know you sent me the photo that's how i heard about it
0: (laughs) yeah it's like criticizing the production of the shit really just irritating shit
1: yeah it's like look you get four episodes free a month if you can donate great if you can't we don't care don't care we have never given anybody shit about that we've never guilted you for not donating we've never pushed for donations we've simply said here it is here's what it is that's it most of our uh, merch money goes back into creating more merch. Okay, it's like it's like this. All this stuff is just here because we want to have a connection with the people that care and are enjoying this because we love those people. I
0: met a delightful young couple the other night. They were dressed as Wayne and Garth at our live show. I don't have their their full names. I don't know if they want me to say them, but uh, I wish I did because I only remember the, the bad folks. This guy was contributing twice a month. Made up an alias so he could contribute twice because he wanted to.
1: It's outrageous. It's outrageous. Thank you, sir, whoever that is. And it's and it's unnecessary. You don't have to do that. I'll find out. And also, you'll too. Get, you'll get your shot out. Also, too, why don't you go, Ed, why don't you go try to find another podcast who tells their fans, please, guys, don't fly in to see this live show. Please don't break your bank to do this. We'll, we'll get to you eventually. Please, like, let us let us accommodate you as best we can. We feel bad. Please don't do that. I'm fucking real I'm fucking real And then people go Can you believe Trump is president Yes This is why Because everybody's greedy This is what happens You want to be greedy Then the greed pig Becomes president That's what happens God damn it And now somebody will say I wish they didn't get
0: Political on the show We
1: didn't get political I called him a greed pig (laughs) I mean even if you're
0: Pro-Trump You can't argue He's not a greed pig (laughs) I mean, give me a break. I'm a greed pig. Uh, I, <laughs> many people in the in the uh, the uh, lamestream news media have referred to me as a greed pig. Recently, uh, especially for a man who runs something called a hog house, it seems an interesting uh, claim to make that I am a greed pig.
1: All right, I'm I'm done. <laughs>
0: Kind of uh, yes. Well, look, I think I see a little patch of sun up ahead in Pat's movie corner. Oh, shit. I got to get my list. Cover me while I get my phone. Cover me. Speaking of Bruce Springsteen. Here's what I have for you. Um, I watched Eighth Grade, the Bo Burnham vehicle. Folks a really excellent movie again that I, I never want to see again as long as I live but um if you've seen Welcome to the Dollhouse Todd Soland's first film which is a real warts and all portrayal of adolescence and everybody was like oh it's too depressing it's too much I don't I actually don't know that you can get depressing enough if you're trying to accurately depict like what most people's eighth grade experience is like certainly mine was a, a hellish Nightmare. Um, eighth Grade comes real close. It's just, it's real rough to watch. The lead actress is incredible. Bo Burnham uh, is a stand-up I, I like more than I like laugh really hard at, but he's clearly got a lot of talent, and he's an excellent filmmaker, and this is a pretty incredible first movie for a guy. It felt like watching a young girl actually go through eighth grade in not a fun way, to be honest with you, but a great movie.
1: Um, now, I have a question. I was going to start today's with Shocker. Never seen it. Okay. My question is, if I lend it to you today, would you have time to watch it? Sure. I think we should actually do an episode on Shocker. A couple of the fans, when I mentioned it at the live show, were like, oh, yeah, man, please talk about Shocker. All right. I'll it do Shocker. A... Woo! Well, yeah,
0: we'll do a little. <laughs> this is people under the stairs today, so we'll do a couple right. less Cravens in a row. So I'll
1: hold off on Shocker.
0: We'll call this month. Craven for Craven Month. Yeah. With Pat and Joe.
1: We're also going to do in an upcoming ep, The Nightmare Before Christmas as a little transition. Oh, that's
0: right. Joe and I saw the film live with Danny Elfman, Catherine O'Hara, Paul Rubens, and others.
1: Yeah, we'll talk about it, though, another time.
0: I was uh, intoxicated, but I remember most of it.
1: I saw a wonderful documentary called Every Other Day is Halloween.
0: Okay, never heard of it again. Uh,
1: It's a documentary so you remember uh how like t- t- the local TV stations used to have those um like like Saturday night horror hosts sure Elvira yeah uh, well she was sort of like a national one that right. kinda... Joe Flaherty played a great one on SCTV. Yeah. Um anyway Count Floyd the uh there's a documentary about uh, one of these guys um, who played, what was his real name? I'm blanking on his real name, because I didn't know who he was until I saw this. Dick, Dick Diesel, a television personality, and he played a character called Count Gore Vidal, which is very funny to me. Okay. Um, on the same channel, he also played Bozo the Clown uh-huh. and a space guy named Captain 20. But, like, it's basically like he, it was UHF, the movie UHF. Like, he right. had shows like that. Yeah. Like his Bozo show was like the Stanley janitor show. Right. Then he had like Stanley Spadowski. Yeah. Science fiction, goofy kid show. And then he had a horror show. And, but anyway, it was just an awesome love letter to this guy and like the work he did and the influence he had on kids growing up in the seventies and eighties that loved horror. And even into the nineties and you know, they, how they all grew up and how they remembered him and, now they made this movie about him, and, and he's still alive, and he's still out there doing it. He was one of the frontrunners, or forefathers, I should say, rather, mm-hmm. of internet streaming. Like, he got on the internet thing before anybody, and like when he realized, I can't do this on TV anymore, they won't pay for it, he set up a studio in his basement and started doing it on the internet. And now, like, his whole gig is, you go to his website, and he streams, like, these old horror movies. All right, cool. And he's also one of these guys that made the total flip of, like, God damn it, why isn't the network behind me, too? Now being like, I would never go back to a network. Right. This, this is a, I am free. I, get, I do yeah. everything I want to do. I'm worldwide. It's just a great, you know, little low-budget documentary. Uh, the guy that made it is named Dr- Jeff Krolik, who also made Heavy Metal Parking Lot. Sure. Which is a famous, you know, underground uh, uh, documentary. Seen it. Um, and, you know, they interview a bunch of other, like, local horror hosts. And it's endearing. Even though these guys are are horror aficionados and host these, these horror movies, there's a very, like, kid-friendly vibe to all of it, you know? Like, it's very fun and innocent. And, uh, you know, most of the movies are just goofy. And, you know, it's like the thing from... Planet Nine X right. or whatever the fuck, you know. Um, so uh, it, it's just a really nice documentary. I, I really enjoyed it. All right.
0: Um, I got a shout out. Probably my favorite thing in comedy all year thus far. Although, admittedly, there's not a lot of competition. The new Adam Sandler special on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, people, of course, have a lot of opinions about him. I have long said the man's sense of humor i think is clearly much more in line with his early strange really like different comedically work it's hard to call it work but billy madison happy gilmore etc those movies are so much weirder and more interesting than even most comedy that's not mainstream he kind of reached a big audience with it but It's a very bizarre sort of comedy. And there's touches of it in all of his movies, even the worst of them. Ridiculous Six has a very funny scene about the invention of baseball. There's always like a few things that you're like, oh, wow, that was kind of cool or interesting or funny. But the man's clearly gotten lazy. So this special is just like, I'm going to get back to my roots, do some 30-second comedy songs, I hate comedy songs, but usually it's because they're four minutes long.
1: No, he did perfect comedy songs. I saw you, this as well.
0: You get the, the the thing about comedy songs is once you get the joke, get out. Yeah. And most of them go back to it five, six verses, and you're like, stop. He gives you the joke. He twists it in an interesting way and gets off. Yeah. The stand-up in terms of bits he was doing was also surprisingly strong for a guy who's never even been a great stand-up.
1: No, I think he was a good stand-up. I just think he got out so young. He yeah, I never there, I never saw him do There much. wasn't a lot of documentation of it, but if you right. if you can catch the I used to have some DVDs that had old Chandler clips. If you can catch his early it, it's only early. Yeah. But before he was on SNL, it's really fucking funny. Yeah. And it's all the shit he brought to SNL and then brought into Billy Madison, which is why I was so disappointed as a fan of the guy from his stand-up first when he started to do only stuff like Mr. Deeds or whatever. Sure, you know, I was like, man, I, I like Mr. He, Deeds he,
0: though has those weird bits too. It's got Turo. yeah, the, the sneaky bit.
1: It's got its it's got its moments. Big Daddy has those moments for sure. But you know what I mean? Like I, I just they, missed,
0: there's less and less with each passing movie. Yeah,
1: I missed him being weird. Like right. his his early stuff was like truly what you would have called alternative comedy in the yeah. early
0: nineties. And this is, too. There's still people being snobby about it, but, I mean, it's called 100% Fresh. I think it has done very well in terms of reviews and stuff. I see a lot of positive feedback on Twitter. And it's like the negative reviews that I've read are so hilariously snobby where it's like there's nothing deep here and et cetera, et cetera. Deep. Comedy does not have to be deep. And I don't know when this changed, but it, it is so frustrating. When,
1: uh, it changed when, uh, what's it called, came out? And nothing against her. But it changed when. Uh, well, it was a long time. What was that special coming. called, Eleanor? <laughs> what uh, was that special called, Nanette? Nanette. But no, that By the way, this has
0: been a, a trend of the past ten she years.
1: Was, uh, she was just doing stand-up the other night, I or two nights ago. She does it at, all the time. At Largo, and I'm like, I thought she retired. She just switched to agencies <laughs> and everything. Yeah, no, she's she's out there. Um, but she she came out and started saying, everybody, if you're not on stage to say anything, and your only purpose is funny, then. And then everybody started going, you need to have a voice up there. But she
0: was so far from the first. I mean, like this move toward every every best comedy spot at the Emmys is always up for it's always dramas. You know, it's like Marvelous Miss Maisel, Transparent. These these are, you know, these are dramas and they're being pushed as comedies. And I'm not even saying they're bad shows. I, I, but oh,
1: they're wonderful shows. They're just you know, just don't say that they're comedies, right? It's it, and they're, silly
0: they're, is this bad word in comedy. I, I get that note at work. The often they're like, you know, it just seems a little silly or something. And it's like, yeah, comedy. A, a huge part of comedy should be silly. I like silly.
1: It's my problem with so much of modern horror. It's the same yeah. thing that happens with modern horror. And we are going to do an episode about Haunting of Hill House but i will say this about the show right now that is not a horror show it's a family drama that has some horror stuff in it right that's what it is you know it's I like it. you watch a movie like for instance crimes and misdemeanors yeah you would never say that movie's a comedy
0: now you would you wouldn't have then but now you would yes
1: you know yeah, and it's like it's it's so it's like people take these dramas and they say they're gut-bustingly funny and they're not. No. Uh people take these horror movies and say this is an exercise in terror and they're not. They're dramas that have little elements of this other genre you like in them. And there's a big fucking difference. I'm sorry. There's just a big difference. And uh I, I agree with you. I You know, I, I'm kind of tired of people saying only this heavy stuff is like, especially now. Do, do you need more heaviness in your life now?
0: Are you crazy? I just I well, mean, this is a guy who obviously has a billion dollars and it's like maybe people want him to get a little deeper. We saw that with like funny people, you know, uh, it's a three hour movie like. Oof. Nobody wants to watch a rich guy complain about his life. It's got, it, this is a guy just like, I'm going to make people laugh. And he does. He's 51. He looks 30. He just kind of came out and slapped everybody around at their own game. And it, it's kind of awesome. Uh, I always watch these new specials on Netflix and stuff. And I'm like, okay. I mean, well, I didn't laugh once. And
1: Here's the thing. Nobody's saying, nobody's saying heavy can't be funny. But the point is yes. is if if you're going to go heavy, you got to make it funny. Why can't the, there be different kinds of comedy? Well, there is, can is the be. Question. But the Cat Williams, I know, you know. The sure. last Cat Williams special yeah. was incredible. Yeah. He slaughters from front to back. Half of the goddamn thing is him talking about Trump yeah. and complaining about Trump, but it's funny. Yeah. Make it funny. You giving a dissertation is not funny. I'm sorry. Words have meanings.
0: Yeah, you never hear anything
1: about that Cat Williams special either. Which no, is because uh, because you're know. crazy. Well, he gets written off because he, you know, he's he's nuts. Yeah, but I, I think the but, guy's the you best. You know, you comic can't do organ. that hour and be nuts. That's the an hour of a very smart
0: guy who's just choosing to talk about things in a way that makes him seem a little nuts.
1: Um. Uh, yeah. So I, I just I, I agree with you. I think the Sandler special was fantastic. I think it was nice to see a guy just coming out and having fun. Here's what I really liked about it: having fun and being himself. Yeah. It's the same thing I love about Regan. It's the same thing I love about Maria Bamford. Mm-hmm. It's it's uh. There are comics that go out there and are so true. It's why I love Cat Williams. It's there are comics that go out there and are so true to themselves. That, to me, is important. You know, a lot of these specials I watch, it's somebody trying to make a point, And it's painfully fucking obvious. Yeah. Uh, it's somebody trying to be cute or trying to be weird or trying to be any one of a dozen things that people do in comedy right now, except for being themselves and being l- l- just normally organically funny. Yeah. And it's it's boring. It's like this is a pose. I, I don't believe this. I don't think you are really this person. But you watch something like the sandwich special, and you go, "This is." The, I think this is who this guy is. Like he's a goofy, totally weird is. guy. The other thing I saw in reviews is
0: like he he. It's lazy because he'll bring up a topic and then move on to another topic. That's not lazy. That's his style of comedy, and there can be different styles. He brings up and it like okay, my kids. I have to go to school three times a week. Like. It's Thirsty Thursday, so I have to go in and pour them a drink or whatever. And he's like, right. my, I saw my dad at school once. That was my favorite stand-up bit where his dad comes into class and asks him where the rake is. And then he's like, where's the rake? It wasn't on the nail. <laughs> and then he's like, well, Dad, it's all right. It's not all right. Where's the rake? I was dying laughing at that. It right. felt very specific. It felt very personal. And I saw, like, a young Adam Sandler and his dad have painted this quick, immediate picture of their relationship for me, as did the bit about when his dad shaved. And it was the only time he saw his dad be vulnerable because he shaved and realized he had made a mistake in shaving off his beard. That's like really cool character sketches that he pops out and then moves on to an Interpol song about peeing in the shower, which was also very funny. Yes. But like that can be comedy, too. That's that's honestly what I loved about it is that it's not like if he does bring up a topic I'm not interested in, I got to listen to him talk about it for 30 minutes. Yes, I, I had a blast with it, and then at the end, by the way, he sings an incredibly sincere, heartfelt song about Chris Farley that everyone I know has everyone I know has gotten emotional watching. And then he sings a song about his wife and how much he loves his wife.
1: I could do without the emotional songs. I, I'm not saying the, they're the, not touching. It's the same. The thing.
0: The wife song, sure, but I think he felt like if I'm going to talk about anal with my wife who I love, I need to give her a little something.
1: Ow. No, you, it's it's comedy. Is comedy. It's comedy. I a agree, joke. but we he cr- he joking. created
0: an evening where like a husband and wife could watch this thing. You get you never see romance in a comedy special. You can turn off before you get to the heartfelt stuff if you
1: want, <laughs> but it just kind of had it all, and I
0: was very impressed by it.
1: I think I I will stand by this. I think comedy should be funny,
0: yeah, and, and no no argument here.
1: And if it's and if there's a thing that's not funny, yeah, then that's not comedy. Sure, It can be something appreciated. The song can be heartfelt and beautiful. Nanette can be moving and touching. But don't say it's comedy when it's not funny. Comedy means funny. Drama means not funny. That's my, that's my take. So if you're going uh, to do a comedy special, I don't want to see the love song about Chris Farley in it. I love Chris Farley. Right. I, I'm a huge fan. but I don't think Sandler really cares what, what your opinion of that would be, clearly. Well, I don't think anybody does. I'm just saying, while we're on the subject of keep it funny, I could do without the heartfelt stuff at the end. I mean, it's like when Buddy Hackett would, you know, I used to love the Buddy Hackett stuff, but like, then he'd close his special with, like, I have a song for my daughter. And he'd be like, (laughs) a flower grows (laughs) in a dirt patch, it's beauty in the wilderness. (laughs) And it would, like, get all serious. I hated that. I hated when, like, like Lampanelli would walk around at the end and be like, you took a joke because we're all equal. You see, (laughs) I hate the lesson part. Sure. You know, I'm like, I don't, I don't need this. Just give me the fucking jokes and leave. Right. Uh, That's me. I don't know.
0: But I I largely feel the same. I just kind of felt like it was a cool, it was all cool coming from him. Uh, A guy who you just sort of feel like kind of is checked out at this point coming through and very casually, throwing up just a great hour 15 minutes. I thought it was sure. awesome.
1: Uh that's kind of number 2 for both of us I feel like on the movie corner. Yeah. Yeah. You well. I'll do a third one and then you do a third one. All right. Or you can do a third one and then I'll do. No, a third. go ahead. No, go, go ahead, ahead. cuz you you went first.
0: Well, I have been talking about this the whole time. Uh
1: right. Uh, I
0: watched uh, this will be quick because I feel like we're we're running long. R.B.G. A documentary about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Didn't know much about the woman. I found it relatively interesting. You know, it's it's a fairly dull documentary about a, a fascinating woman. Kind of how I felt about Quincy as well. Like. There's just something about a documentary that's just ticking off a biography where I feel like, you know, if I don't really love the person, you know, why didn't I just read the Wikipedia page? It's kind of cool to see her talk and everything, but like, I don't know. It it, it didn't dig deep enough. The The raves about it, I don't quite understand. She's an interesting lady, but, you know, there it is. <laughs> didn't Fair do enough. much for me. <laughs>
1: I watched a horror classic, Fade to Black. Uh, I believe it's from 1980, maybe? 83, somewhere in there. Stars the kid that plays Eddie Kaspernik in the original It TV miniseries. Okay. Uh, He plays a guy obsessed with movies. Uh, He gets let down by a woman that he's in love with who looks like Marilyn Monroe. Okay. Uh, And he snaps... Goes crazy, starts murdering people, dressed as his favorite movie characters. Fun flick, well shot, well directed, pretty well written. Drags after a while. Once you kind of get the first couple kills in, you're like, all right, like I get it. Now he's going to dress up like a fucking mummy and do it or whatever. Right. Um, but but overall, worth watching. Um, you know, uh, tragic ending. Uh, you know. A pretty fun little piece of uh, early 80s horror. Uh, It's gritty. It's dark. uh, I enjoyed it. So uh, I would say check it out. All right. Um, I probably won't. Got something for the Scream and and News Psycho quickly. Sure. And just because I think you'll be interested in this, I wanted to bring it up. They apparently are making a sequel to Labyrinth. I had heard
0: this. I didn't know it was a sequel, but, yeah, I thought it was a remake.
1: Labyrinth is doing a se- or They are doing a sequel. No, they said it's going to be a direct sequel. Picking up 20, 30 years after the first film, whatever. Just with nobody from the original in it. I'm sure it's going to be like Connolly's daughter. Uh-huh. You know, it's like, Mom, I believe in elves. Right. And then Connolly's going to be like, you know, or maybe the brother gets sucked back in, the baby, baby brother. Yeah. He's probably only like 22 right now, right?
0: Yeah, they'll have Zac Efron as the baby grown up.
1: Um, but it's going to be directed by Fred, is it Fred? Fr- Fred Alvarez? Freddy Alvarez? The guy that... The guy don't that, Breathe. Uh, huh? The guy that did Don't Breathe? Yes, which I hated. But he also did the Evil Dead remake, which I really liked. I thought you liked Don't Breathe. I hated Don't Breathe. I had shit on it on here pretty bad. We talked about it, and I felt like you were pro. No.
0: Oh, all right.
1: Uh, he co-wrote the script with Jay Bazoo. I don't really know who that is, Um, but they're saying that uh, you know it's going to be its own thing and it's going to be a true sequel, not a remake, not a reboot, all right, but a sequel. Uh, So we'll see. Jay Bazoo is a screenwriter. Obviously, he wrote. uh, Looks like he wrote Monsters, Dark Continent. Uh, He wrote the new Charlie's Angels, Girl on the Spider's Web. Uh, Yeah, what was the
0: deal with that? They just throw out another girl in a dragon tattoo movie, it gets no promotion, dies, made like $5.
1: Why why did they
0: abandon that franchise? I mean, the the Daniel Craig one did pretty
1: well. They threw it out with a different actor playing the girl. Yeah. I, I, it confused me. I was like, "Is this a sequel to the other one, or are they not connected? Or like, what is this?"
0: I think everyone was confused, and they did not get out ahead of it. They just kind of threw it out and abandoned it. But I liked the Daniel Craig, David Fincher one.
1: I never saw either of those movies. I strayed from them good. because I know there's like apparently a pretty harsh like rape sequence, and I was like, I don't, yeah. I, I don't, there I don't like seeing that stuff. But it's, you know, it's Fincher. It's shot amazingly
0: well, and it's a cool movie. I, I just, I mean, those movies, those books were so massive. It just seemed so weird that they would just abandon it.
1: Because it was like a reboot, but it wasn't. Well, right. yeah, but people real, didn't go see the I don't know.
0: German originals.
1: It's I don't like know. they were ready for an American version. It's weird. Um, all right. Let's get to our movie today. Oh, wait, real quick, though. Do you think Labyrinth sequel is a good idea or a bad idea? I mean, I'm interested. I'm curious. I feel like
0: just make a different movie. I mean, it sounds like it's going to have nothing really to do with Labyrinth. It's not going to have Muppets in it, is it?
1: Why wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, it's going to be a sequel to Labyrinth. Uh, I don't know. Why would it not
1: have the puppets in it?
0: The guy that did Don't Breathe is putting together a puppet movie. I feel like it's going to be a CGI.
1: No, I think like the dark. They're doing the Dark Crystal series on Netflix. Right. It's all puppets. All right. All right. You know, I'm curious to see what when they does do. that start. Uh, I don't know. They said they're getting. I think they're in editing now, and they have a lot of editing to do. They said, but you know, they're they're getting there. So, all right. Hopefully, it's good. Some of the stuff they've they've done some prequel comics and stuff, which start really cool and then seem to always go off the track. So, I, I'm a little nervous about that show. I hope it's good. I'm very excited about it. But I mean that 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 original movie to me is a fucking masterpiece. Like I, I you know, that's that's a tough tough thing to follow up. I'm mean, gonna I have to say, do a rewatch. I mean, it was it was just not
0: a part of my childhood at all. Labyrinth definitely was. I but... mean,
1: when you get halfway through the movie, and then you suddenly realize again, like every single thing I have watched has been a puppet. Right. It's insane. Yeah. It's an insane work of art. Anyway, um, all right. Uh, uh, t- uh, what, what are we doing? Uh, uh, people, people under, the, under stairs. the
0: stairs. West Craven's. Uh, he had been in a real kind of shitty period of movies. Did people under the stairs? It was a surprise, huge hit. Made a ton of money on a small budget, and then I believe he went directly into Shocker. Or this followed Shocker. I
1: think this followed Shocker.
0: But regardless, the man. The man has. Was well, always, I should say, because RIP, just an incredibly uneven director for his entire career.
1: Fun fact. Yeah. Uh, the last project he was supposedly working on was a TV series adaptation of The People Under the Stairs,
0: which is still coming. It's like close to release, I believe. Okay.
1: All right. Well,
0: uh, on sci fi, I, I think. Don't hold me to that. I don't understand how that will be a series, but. Uh, I could be down with it. I could be down I'm Not with
1: against it. it. I'm just...
0: it I just you definitely don't feel when it's over. Like, I want to spend more time in this house <laughs> and hang out with these people so that it's a little unusual. But uh, uh, the, the picture, which I didn't realize until the movie started, uh, it stars the two people who play a married couple in Twin Peaks. Yes, uh, which I was unaware of. And I don't have the actors names because Joe's Internet is shit. It's not
1: shit. It's it's there's Wi Fi. I, I know. Sign on to it.
0: Stop being a on. fucking
1: moron and oh. sign on to it. Uh, it also stars the the woman that was in who's a name I'm also blanking on was in. A, she was in Nightmare on Elm Street five. Um, and she's popped up in a bunch of other stuff. I want to say Mary Joe something.
0: Shocker was 89, People Under the Stairs was 91, and then he went into New Nightmare, so he had a little bit of a run and then killed it immediately with Vampire in Brooklyn. But People Under the Stairs stars... eh, You got eh, it? Everett McGill and Wendy Roby, and their characters are named Man and Woman, but they were both in Twin Peaks as a married couple. She had the blinds subplot, where she was putting in venetian blinds in her apartment the worst subplot in all of twin peaks a show that had a lot of bad subplots in
1: all of television maybe in all
0: of television, television. it was just her trying to get the blinds to work uh and to me it really triggers Didn't kind she of wear an end. eye patch in it
1: or she, is that cer- she
0: certainly did and
1: was that the gag like the blind the half blind lady wants blinds i don't think
0: so i think they just felt hey this woman is uh Obsessed with Venetian blinds. Let's give her a, an eye patch to make her seem weirder.
1: Um. Uh. I. Uh. This movie is about uh a, a young kid uh from the projects. Very good actor. Uh. Who is uh in a weird sort of way mentored by Ving Rhames. Correct. Uh. And Ving Rhames kind of coaxes this kid into going and robbing the house of the landlords of their building that has just become like this rat-infested tenement and neglected and everything else uh, because they don't... And, and, and the kid has a sick mom. They they need money. They're, they're in a hopeless position. So the kid agrees to help Ving Rhames. They go into the house to rob it. Of course, it's a spooky old mansion. Um, and then when they get inside, things there's more to the place than meets the eye and there are people... Under the stairs, but what do what, what is the what is the motive of those people you right
0: know? basically they this, this couple has kidnapped, a bunch of children, and uh, whenever they disappoint them in some way, they remove whatever part of their body did the disappointing. There's a kid with no tongue, which is very disgusting. Um, and they just kind of keep them as pets or prisoners. The performances by the lead two are incredible. They're like really original feeling uh, horror movie villains. The movie has a lot to say. It's got a lot of social commentary to it. Um, at the end, the house kind of explodes, giving a you know shooting a bunch of money into the streets, and the people of the town come and get it. But it's about kind of like class warfare. It's about greed. These people uh, can like, own a bunch of slums, but don't keep them up. They just keep getting richer and richer off them. It's an oddly very timely movie. Uh, for having come out 30 years ago. And I wouldn't say I was particularly scared by it, but it was very, very original and strange, and I really enjoyed it.
1: I think the performances are great. I think the script is pretty strong. I think the uh, commentaries are spot on. But I think the movie sucks. Interesting. It's, It's a boring watch, it's a terribly boring watch. Did you
0: do a rewatch, or you're going yes, off I, No, ol- I did a rewatch ol- because
1: I thought I, I, this is a movie I've seen many times. Right, I've gone back to it many times, going, I'm missing something. Right, I rewatched it again. I bought it to rewatch it again. Yeah. Thinking I must be wrong. That's how I got shocker too. Came with it. Uh, it's not a good movie, and I'll tell you why. You hear a mo- you hear that title, "The People Under the Stairs." Sure. You, you see these kids with 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 uh, these the intentions of ripping off the bad guys they break into the house and and the notion or the assumption is they will now have to go up against an enemy that will treat them unfairly Mm -hmm. again you know what I mean it's you're looking for a sort of a layered plot where where it keeps sort of descending down. Like, these people got fucked over, so right. now they're going to rip off these people. But then when they get into the bad people's house, they get fucked over again because there's this other secret in there. And once you kind of find out that everybody under the stairs who are supposed to be these creepy monsters and everything are just nice kids that, like, want to help them, Yeah, I, I'm, I'm checked out at that point. Like, the, the the couple themselves aren't crazy or interesting enough for me to carry a movie as villains Mm -hmm. uh and i just don't i don't know i'm just like yeah and then i i'll grant you that
0: once the kids are not a threat anymore and they they have that reveal way too early in the movie way
1: fucking early
0: uh and Allie larder is like almost like an angel you know who's she the good kid yeah the good kid um who you know her name she's been in tons of shit she has yeah
1: who is she i don't
0: even know who she is i thought that was the only thing she was ever in no i don't know um it just kind of yeah it takes a lot of the scares out of it it's not a scary movie but for me i just sort of felt like in a genre where almost every horror movie or like i've seen this a billion times this felt very weird and unusual and interesting to me and i i have some respect for that
1: uh i agree with that i don't i don't disagree with that i'm sorry
0: aj langer not not Allie larder aj langer was the girl and she was in uh well look (laughs) episodes of coach show she she was on she was a regular on my so-called life she was one of the main cast Okay. Um, and maybe that's as far as it went. I thought she kind of had a bigger career, but
1: I guess not. I think it is an absolutely original film. Yeah. Uh, it, for this genre, particularly. Yeah. Um. And I think that, I don't know, maybe I'm just too caught up on... Maybe I have to rewatch it yet another time and not look at it as a horror film, but sort of as this strange caper yeah. movie. But at the point in my life... And in Wes Craven's career, when this film came out, I was absolutely incapable of seeing him in any way, right? Besides a horror creator, uh, the movie was marketed that way, uh, and it has since not been. Re- there has been no revisionist history with it. You know, it has not been retconned in any way to, to say like, actually, this really isn't a horror film. It's actually more of a strange thril- thriller or whatever. Um, and you know, like I said, or like you said, they they make that reveal of they're not monsters down there. Yeah. So early the kid is one of the McPoyles, the kid with no tongue. He is? Yeah. Is that the is that the guy from uh, Is that the kid? No, it's the
0: other, not the one in Westworld, not Jimmy Simpson, he's the other
1: McPoyle. Oh, okay. Yeah. No shit. I didn't yeah. realize that. I would have been more scared to have the McPoyles <laughs> down there. Yeah, it's – I think
0: clearly to me the fact that that reveal happens so early in the movie and takes a lot of the threat out means to me Wes Craven wanted to say something more than he wanted to scare. Also, there's like some comedy in it that's a little awkward, a lot of like kind of post-Home Alone trap, like when he sends the dog down and stuff. It was a a year after Home Alone.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of Ving Rhames is scared of the dog bits. Right. Um,
0: I I felt like this was not intended to be super scary, even though I've always heard it described by friends as being terrifying. No. Um, It's not, and times change, but I I liked it. I I went back and watched the uh, Siskel and Ebert review of it, which you can find almost any old movie reviewed on YouTube by Siskel and Ebert, and Ebert loved it. Um, Siskel kind of was a little down on it. But
1: I thought, uh, you know, for instance, I would have liked to have seen a rogue monster in the basement. Maybe one of them is evil. Sure. You've got one that's helping them and being nice to them. Right. Have an evil one that poses a threat, because that's the thing. Once the people are out of the once the husband and wife are out of the house, which they are frequently. Yeah, there's no threat. Yeah, they're just in a big. and, And by the way, there's no real threat if they're in the house. It's like. It's like get a gun, go downstairs, kill them, and leave, and nobody will know what the fuck happened here. Right, and uh, you know, so I, I, you know, it's it's kind of I would have liked to have, and then I was like, okay, if you're not going to go that route, I would have liked to have seen a more gruesome ending for the husband and wife. I thought because I didn't really remember what happened at the end. I thought for certain one of them would be eaten alive by these cannibal people in the basement. Mm-hmm. That never happens. No. You know, and it's just... There's know.
0: not a lot of big, good scares. And when it's a kid in Jeopardy and kind of a wisecracking kid to boot, it did have more of a Home Alone feel, honestly. But uh, Tarantino, a big fan of People Under the Stairs, casting Rams, and Pulp Fiction a few years later, and also that Gimp costume, which oh, yeah. seemed a little familiar now after that first season of American Horror Story and Pulp Fiction and et cetera. I imagine that was a lot more disturbing in 1991.
1: Yes, I would think so too.
0: But Tarantino wasn't like like based the Gimp costume off that.
1: And the reveal that their brother and sister is weird. Yeah, you know that's a nice little creepy twist. Yes. Um. But you know, I I shouldn't say it's a bad movie. It's it's I'd give it a C minus.
0: Right. And I always like. I mean, Poltergeist is the best example of this. I like when a movie appears to end, and you'd kind of be okay with it ending. And then they have like a sort of more action-packed climax. Poltergeist is the best example of that. It's a perfectly satisfying 90-minute horror movie. And then they give you the true thrills and chills in the last 20. People on the Stairs does that to some extent. The kid goes home and then he's like, no, fuck it. I got to go back and save this girl. I thought that was kind of cool. I had a good time with it.
1: I don't. I'm not crazy about the house blowing up and it raining money at the end. That, that and to they, me
0: shows that they're going for more of a fable
1: type. And vibe. then they, yeah, they play like a New Jack swing beat. Yeah, it's a little too. It's a little too happy.
0: The people under
1: <laughs> the stairs. Um, you know, but uh, but anyway, that's the people under the stairs. Uh, uh, st- 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 I'm going to give it a hog sideways. My hog is, uh, you know.
0: It's pointing to about two, two o'clock, you know, it's, it's a, a B for me, but I really enjoyed it.
1: Uh, Joe DeRosa comedy on Instagram. Uh, I will be in Philadelphia at the punchline Thanksgiving weekend, two shows Friday, two shows Saturday. My new album is out. It came out, it dropped on Halloween on Sirius XM Raw Dog Comedy exclusively. Oh. It's the only place you can hear it. It's called I Go to Atlanta All the Time, and uh, it's... Uh,
0: what if I don't have serious accent?
1: Well, then, tough shit for right now. We'll see. Come but on. anyway, that's all I got, folks. Thanks for listening. I am the Patrick Walsh. Instagram and
0: Twitter. Cool Kids is on Friday nights at Fox. 8 30 Central. Whatever, 7 30 Central. Uh, it's on Hulu as well. I would look out for the Thanksgiving episode coming up in two weeks, which is something special. I just finished editing it. And that's all I got. We uh, have coming up on the show Nightmare Before Christmas, oft requested, and uh, we'll see what else. Maybe we'll take a few more requests. Shocker. Shocker. I've also recently saw Upgrade and The First Purge. I think those would be good ones to do. Um, i watch
1: Upgrade. I don't want to watch The First Purge.
0: Yeah, First Purge. Okay, well, I'll, I'll, but I'll, I'll watch take it Upgrade. to the movie corner.
1: And we also should do uh, Underlord or Overlord. Or yeah, we'll go see Overlord that when
0: that called. comes out. All right. Uh, and, and a lot of people have been asking about the new Halloween. That will be the second bonus episode, which will drop next month. No, this month, November. No, oh, yeah, it's November. That's right. Uh, and I got to tell you, folks, Patreon or not, as we've long discussed at the beginning of this episode, but uh, I listened to that live show. I, I thought it was one of our best. Uh, one of our best works. I really enjoyed it. Check it out. i see you hell. You what
1: know i will. see you hell. You what know It's a good show.